Welcome to the final episode of season one of the Non-Traditional Scholar Podcast, episode number 13. My name is Yan. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for staying connected. Please collaborate, share, comment, and question anything that we are sharing with you. It will be greatly appreciated. You know how to connect with us either via email, through Instagram, the non-traditional underscore scholar, TikTok, or through any podcast platform that you are enjoying our podcast and enjoying what we are sharing with you. So to begin episode 13, let me start by stating a quote. Failure is the condiment that gives success its flavor. I'll say it again. Failure is the condiment that gives success its flavor. Truman Capote. Why does that matter? Well, we learn in life how words symbolize what we visualize and what we experience through life. And although words are tied denotatively to a definition in a dictionary, the meaning and the symbolic substance of words can connect with us connotatively on a more powerful substantial level than any definition that is defined according to Merriam-Webster. So failure is one of those terms that has a very symbolic substantial meaning in the lives of many people that walk the face of this planet and how you relate to failure is one of the keys towards how you achieve success and what success actually means to you. Failure is a lesson that turns into a formula for success. And in this episode, we will find out how failure fuels this person and their non-traditional route to pursuing their ultimate aspiration and their ultimate goal, which is to help others by becoming a doctor. Let's find out more about how failure is the condiment to help this person start where he started, be where he is, and become what he's expecting to become, which is a doctor to help those who need help the most. Episode 13. So hello, my friend. How are you? Good, good. Very good. So, to begin, let's start with an introduction. Can you tell the audience your name, a, a little bit about your background, and uh, what you are doing currently in terms of your career? So, my name is Omar Marinos. I'm originally from Cuba. I came when I was 17 years old, and I did my AA here at Miami Day College. One of my professor, professors was Jane uh, for speech communication. Um, <laughs> And then after completing my AA, I transferred to uh, FIU, Florida okay. International University, where I did a bachelor's degree in biology with a second major in natural and applied medical sciences. Wonderful. I'm currently working as a medical scribe at South Miami Hospital, you know, learning a lot day by day. Okay. Increasing my knowledge. And, Beautiful. Yep. So you are trying to pursue a degree in the medical field, in, correct? Yep, that's correct. Ultimately, what are you trying to, to become? A physician. A physician. ER physician or intensivist. 
Have you always wanted to do this career? Uh, at the very beginning, when I first came here, I wanted to be a tech in sonography. Okay. And I say to myself, well, if, I can, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go hard. I, yeah. <laughs> Good. So take me back. You came here in 17, at the age of 17, right? I had to work. I, I was going to Prey University in Cuba. That's basically like college. Okay. And I had to work uh, selling avocados with a cart. Wow. Uh, in order to buy my shoes, my uh, school bag, and pr between those things, food for for my family. Right. It, was, it was only me, two siblings, and my mother. At the time, my my, my stepfather they they got a divorce, and we were having uh, a hard time. Okay, you know, it was hard. I always wanted to study, but you know there were some limitations that could prevented you. Yeah, from studying. Okay, okay. And whereabouts in Cuba were you raised? I was uh, raised in Havana, Cuba, in the capital. It's sort of like more rural, rural. Okay. Uh, for, yeah. And the outskirts. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Is there anybody in particular back then that perhaps inspired you to be interested in the medical field? Yeah, actually, yeah. My stepfather, uh, when I was uh, 13, he, he he was hospitalized for some disease that doctors they didn't even know existed at the time okay. in Cuba. Okay. He spent a whole month in a hospital, a hospital that was, is only for uh, people who come from other countries, basically. Okay. And we had to spend, like, huge money in order to have him uh, attended there. And it was a whole month, you know, of desperation, crying, and preoccupation. Uh, it was insane. And at that time of my life, I realized, even though that, that very same field almost failed my father, I, I wanted to be part of it. And you know, provide for others and help uh, finding solutions where they may be known. I see. I see. So you were 13, and you made this decision. And um, if I may ask, how did Omar go from 13 to 17 and finally find himself here? So my grandfather he put some family proclamation, and we were so excited. And that first fell. Supposedly in Cuba they sold our visas at that time. And it wasn't until five years later, oh no, sorry, four years later, that they reopened the case because they they found it was fraud. Oh. And they basically told us, hey, you can come to the United States, there, is your, your, there are your visas, and you're free to come. Free to go. Uh, at that time, my stepfather and my mother, they were divorced. And, you know, it was only the four of us, my two siblings, my mother, and me okay. that came came here at the beginning. So your, father, your stepfather was able to recover from... He did. Okay. He did. Well, fortunately, he did. It was a long recovery, a, a whole year. But he was able to. He, he was able to. So you arrive here. Mm -hmm. Big culture shock, no? It was, yeah. It was It was insane. And that, that first day was Saturday, April 16 of 2016. 16. Wow. Yeah, it was a huge change. I was so excited to work here and be a new person and give all I had to provide. To provide for your family. Yeah. Um, when did you decide to... Pursue your education. Since I got, you got here. Since I got here. I, I came here on Saturday. I started to work that very same Monday, two, day, two days after. And then I came to Miami Day College. But they, they told me I couldn't start uh, uh, classes because I, I haven't, I, I had, at that time, I hadn't been here for a year. I, I needed my residency in order to start. So I had to wait a whole year, uh, that, but that didn't stop me. I went initially to some school 
uh, a night to learn English. It didn't help that much, but you know, it was at least something to understand words. That, good. Yeah. Good, 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 good. So you had to wait one year. That one year you went to that school and you worked. Where did, did you work? I worked in uh, uh, a company's uh, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning company. Okay. Uh, and that that was amazing. I I I made some good friends. I made good money, and you know it was it was a great uh, great experience. Yeah, it was a great experience. How much training did you need before you entered in that field? Oh well, I initially started in the construction side. Okay. But then I showed you know, my supervisors that I was capable of doing anything and learning, I was learning fast. I wanted to do more and more every day. And they told uh, the CEO of the company, hey, we have Omar who wants to learn. And they sent me uh, with an actual technician uh, to the field Wonderful. on the streets. Yeah. Wonderful. How long did you work in HVAC? Uh, five years. I still do it. I actually, after here, <laughs> I have to go, oh. go do an, in <laughs> an installation. No kidding. Yeah. So after the interview, you're going right to work. Exactly. I see. I see. The first year here, uh -huh. you were working and you went to that school and then... One year later, you finally enrolled in enrolled at MIT, yeah. Which I took English classes at the very beginning. At the very beginning. And how was that? Uh, it was all right. Again, it helped me with the writing. I, I learned how to write a lot. Good. I, 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 I amazing writer. And yeah, it was a nice experience. It was hard because, you know, it was balancing full-time work plus nighttime school. Right. But it was great. And I have never complained about it. And if I have to do it again, I will do it again. Wonderful. Was there a class in particular at MDC that caused you to to be more challenged than others? Oh, well, definitely. I'm not going to lie. Your class was... <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. At that time, I mean, you could you could hear me at the time. My English was so bad and my my accent accent was even worse than now. And You've improved, my friend. Yeah. And this, yeah, that, that speech class, it really challenged me a lot with... Uh, communication getting outside of your box exactly. and being able to speak in English exactly but I'm no. happy it propels you forward thank you very good what was your major then uh here I did an associate in biology in biology so why biology because as, as I said before yeah I wanted to go to the sonography uh, technician yeah I even went to Miami Dade College Medical Campus to apply and then one of the advisors she told me hey you don't have the requirements yet just do a bio, uh, AA with a uh, uh, pathway in biology, and then let's see what happens. And that time, yeah, I cried. I was like, I was, oh, I'm not gonna make it. And right. Then I go home and realize, you know what? I can do more than that. And if I'm gonna do something to help people, I'm gonna be a physician, provide for others. So the very moment that the advisor turned you down and said to reroute yourself was in that time of turmoil your discovery of wanting to pursue being that, a doctor that's one of the factors that catalyst yeah wonderful so you finished your aa in approximately how long uh less than two years with let's say uh, um a year and a half maybe good yeah i i always took like 12 credits 17 credits six seven classes and in the yeah, summer too in the summer as well wow you are very dedicated. Even even though that, you know, made me to get some Bs and I never got a C here, but those Bs really affected me, my, my, my GPA at the time. I see. But you still wanted to put the pedal to the metal and yeah. just get through. Mm -hmm. So one and a half, two years later, you get your AA. Mm -hmm. You graduate. I did. How was your family 
feeling in that time? The, oh, the, 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 your, 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 your siblings and your mom that came here with you. They were incredibly proud of me. Uh, even my grandma from Cuba, she has uh, her Spain citizenship and she came uh, come to here and wow. she came to my graduation, even though it was uh, online because of COVID. Yes. And yeah, they were so excited about me and they were so happy and they, 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 they all have been one of the pillars that have been pushing me. So you were studying when COVID hit? My last semester, yeah. Last semester? My very last semester. How did that affect you? Oh, it did. It actually did because, you know, it was already hard for me to learn in another language. Uh, even though I was trying hard, um, that transition to uh, the o completely online uh, school, that, that affected me. That completely affected me. It, yeah. But you adjusted. I did, of course. Yeah. Good. Very good. The next step? FIU. FIU, yeah. I co Just after finishing my AA year, I immediately started the transfer to FIU. It was a total new uh, experience. experience. Like, it was completely different. Compared to here? Compared to here. You went to the main campus? I went to the main campus at uh, Modesto. Modesto. What was the biggest challenge? Oh, well, my very first semester was still through uh, uh, online ah. system. And... Yeah, that semester, I was working full-time, I was studying full-time, and that very first semester, I kind of failed. Uh, I didn't fail classes, but I, I got two Cs that are reflected in my transcripts. Really? Yeah, and one of those Cs was in a lab. Nobody gets Cs in a lab. A, bio a science lab? A biology lab. Oh, wow. The Your whole, major? My major. My whole lab, my whole lab was while writing a paper, a research paper. And I didn't know how to do it because it was based on lab content, which you actually needed to be in a lab with resources. I see. So that was a total disaster. Oh, man. I had to test, uh, send an uh, email to uh, the dean for biology there and tell him, hey, I'm having complete struggles to, you know, handle this class. I, I, I don't think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass it. I'm going to fail. And he told me, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. We're evaluating not only in this time, we're not only evaluating the knowledge of the, the student, but all, also her uh, persistence in, in uh, an interest in teaching the class. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So you got the C in the lab and the C in the other one was uh, in chemistry. In chemistry. Yep. That was online too. It was online as well. Do you think if the class was in person, the grade would have changed? Probably. I yeah. like interacting. I like seeing people. I like reacting. You know, to being in in exactly. the in the moment, immersing in the in exactly. the situation. So two C's. Two C's. So let me ask. Let's say you are in front of somebody who is in a similar situation to you, where they work full time. They have to take care of their family here. They might have to be taking care of their family back in Cuba, but they want to pursue and they're very dedicated at pursuing their education. How did you manage the time? Well, everybody asks me the same question. How did I manage the time? Well, I basically live on four hours of sleep. Wow. Sometimes less. I will work every day and then have the weekends to study, like full-time study. Go my, you know, the HVAC company, they have a huge conference room where they allow me to go there and study, which was a big, big help. You know, it was quiet and they had a resort, other resources to study. So I use it. And I match my time like, yeah, crazy. Even trying, you know, to be there for my family, work and study. So the company supported you? They did since the very first beginning. Very they good. Did. 
Very good. So four hours of sleep. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. But you were dedicated. I was dedicated. And, you know, uh, in order to move forward, you have to do what you never did. Right. Right. So you get the two C's. How are you feeling? I was, a... I was feeling devastated. Right. But I said, you know what? I'm going to just adjust to how the system works. And I did. So Excel. Exactly. Okay. The second semester. How did you improve? Well, I I knew how if I was and, you know, I was, I'm going to fail this one. I want to go and keep a straight A's. And I did. Uh, that semester, I do five classes. I only had five A's. Which, yeah, it was a huge difference. And on my GPA, which was initially 3.0, it oh. went to 3.4 in just one extra semester. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. At that point, you your focus was in biology and uh, natural sciences. I, I first started with biology major and I my I talked to my advisor because since I had taken many classes at Miami Dade College when they did the transfers because of the grammar and speech classes for English, it will I, I had more credits that needed. Oh, you needed more credit. Exactly. And mm -hmm. then she told me, you know what, let's do this, let's do a second major in in uh, natural sciences. So we can, you know, compensate for those credits you're, you're that, getting. That were missing. Yeah, that was missing. As of now, if you put Omar's trajectory into perspective, you may at first perceive that his life successfully took a leap in the right direction. Because when he was little, he had to support his family at a very young age, selling avocado from a crate in his little village outside of Havana. So from the 13-year-old that was putting his family first in front of whatever educational pursuits he was looking to aspire to achieve at that age, to Omar now, there is leaps and bounds great success and definitely he put his best foot forward to make the most of his successful opportunity but within that you also should see the moments of failure because failure does not impact somebody from the size and scope failure's magnitude can be more powerful in its smallest form. And for somebody like Omar, who dreams of helping humanity and helping people through the medical field and becoming a doctor, his leaps and bounds at the same time encountered many moments of walls. And those walls seemed, in certain instances, insurmountable. And that failure could have broke him and caused him to stay full time working in the HVAC industry and just supporting his family that way and telling his 13 year old self that it was all a dream. And that dream is too far from his grasp. But what he did surprisingly was push harder and find ways to adjust 
in order to take the failure and as he said it do things that have not been done and continue forward and turn those moments where he was crying in his car or devastated at the notion that the medical school turned him down and said you need more he took those moments and turned them into opportunities which served as the condiment that eventually became the flavor of his success and as you saw the two C's which for many of you many of you might not seem as devastating because you know it's just a C you didn't really fail the class but it affected his transcript and he realized that that affecting his transcript diminished his opportunity from being accepted into the ultimate goal which is finding a medical school that will give him the letter and that admit him into their program so he can continue forth with the dream that he had when he was 13 in Cuba. A big failure and those two C's may or may not have prevented him from achieving that. But he took those two C's and turned them into straight A's and it propelled them forward. So where did he go from here? Has he arrived at ultimately his end goal? Well, let's find out. Fall, spring, summer? Yep. Fall, spring, summer. summer. And how many classes on average per semester? No less than six classes. Wow. It's a lot, man. Yeah. It's a lot, but you were dedicated. But I had a goal. And you graduated with honors? With honors, I did. That must have been an excellent feeling. It was an excellent feeling, you know, being there with the first uh, line of students, uh, my family watching me with the, my gold cords and... Yeah. And this was in person. It was in person. All my family was in there, so <laughs> I was I was happy. Very rewarding. Yeah. Very rewarding. So now you graduate. Um the next step for you to pursue medical school at this point was what? It was taking the admission exam. Uh so I went ahead and said, you know, I'm gonna study myself and probably do it. Uh using some online resources and I didn't succeed. I didn't uh, get what I needed. Okay. I I signed for three months. I had you know some issues around that time with you know economic issues right. and uh, family issues. Uh, my car broke down like <laughs> every day, and there were some obstacles and and that road that stopped you from studying as well as you could. Yeah. So you're not you were not happy with the the results of the first exam. Unfortunately, uh, medical automation schools, they won't even consider that score that I received. I see. I see. What are you going to adjust in terms of the second attempt so you can improve and get the score that you need? Well, even my, you know, my family, they have always supported me and they told me, you know what, just if you don't have to, you don't want to work to study, don't do it. But I'm, I'm still going to do it. I don't want to be, you know. A heavy weight on their shoulder right so i'm only working three days a week doing some hvac you know to compensate at least one day a week and i bought a course i bought a course a really expensive course that supposedly is going to help me uh through the material uh, okay because this time is not only about knowledge it's how to apply the knowledge i see i see and all this time 
you've been working in HVAC, you've been pursuing medical school, you've been studying for the for the exam, and you are a scribe. I'm a medical scribe. Yeah, that's that was a total different experience. Yeah, I first started as a scribe when I was still at FIU. Okay, and I told the HVAC company, "Hey, I want to do these." Uh, he told me, "Do what you want to do. Do what you have to do." If you need to come back or do or be uh, uh, part-time here, you can do it. We don't mind. We are, you are one of the best nations here, and we need we actually need you. Good. So I went to the medical field in emergency department at South Miami Hospital. I, I was I'm not gonna lie, was the worst scribe in earth. <laughs> I didn't know how to write that well. I didn't know how to speak that well, and you know, I made so many mistakes at the beginning that. Most of the physicians, they didn't even want to want to work with me. Really? At all. They didn't want to work with me. They tried to avoid me. I I, I was told not to even work, go to work because I was I was so bad. My gosh. And I sometimes I would just sit in my car and cry and say, I'm 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 not made for this. Even even I remember, I would never say the name. You know, every person had no hard feelings. There is no space for for hard feelings in my heart. I remember the physician. He he told me, you will never be a doctor if you keep doing what you're doing. And that broke me. I went to my car. I sat on the seat and I I started crying. I was like, I'm not gonna make it. Your dream was shattered. Exactly. And I said, I said to myself and my family, you know what? I'm I'm gonna just keep doing. You know, there there gotta be a point where I have to learn. And I kept you know moving forward. And then I stopped working at the HVAC uh, company completely. Really? Yeah. To dedicate more. Uh, in the scribe position, I try to, you know, work with physicians that will hold me to learn. Uh, I went to many books to learn medical uh, con uh, uh, concepts and knowledge and material just in order to uh, well, improve. Improve, and I did. I'm, I'm actually, they were uh, running out of the staff. We were short of staff for like three months, and I was working. 12 hour shifts uh, back to back, back to back, back to back for, for, for almost three months. I will only, I remember it was one month and I only had one day free. Yeah. One day. One day. Plus a school. I'm that, that, that time of my life, that was insane because I will get out of um, the uh, hospital. Sometimes go to the HVAC company to make more money or sometimes just go to school, falling asleep on the road. Oh. Yeah, that was that was that was insane. But you know, one day off in one day in one month, and I I didn't make good money because you know, unfortunately, it doesn't pay well, but it pays experience. What you learn, it's priceless. Exactly, and I did so good afterwards, and they made me the leader scribe. I'm right now the leader scribe. Um, I'm in charge of training people. I'm in charge of looking for people for new candidates, and I'm yeah. All the physicians they prefer to work with me right now. I am I, I love what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. Full circle. They trust me so well that they so not even check my notes sometimes and they just sign it. Just for some clarification for the audience, could you tell me and the audience or describe the responsibilities of a scribe? For uh, a scribe in the medical uh, field is basically go to the doctor to see the patients and document. The history of the present illness, which is why the the, the the patient is going to the hospital. But not only that, you need to uh, document a complete review of systems, like why the patient 
the, the, the symptoms of the patients, like headaches, uh, vomiting, nausea, abdominal pain, and then the physical exam. I went so deeply that some physicians, they don't even told me the physical exam, even though I only see them sometimes not even touching, unless, you know, they're listening to the lungs or touching the, the abdomen, because I wanted to learn so much that I went even further and watched videos about examinating patients, even though I'm not a medical student, I'm not a physician yet. Right. But I wanted to learn and keep learning, you know, uh, knowledge is something that no one can take away from us. And, you know, there is always a space, a space in, in our brain. To learn. It's very yeah. powerful. So you went from crying in your car, seeing your dream disappear to becoming the best scribe exactly. in the hospital. Yep. Incredible. How long have you been scribe? It will be two, two years in June. Two years. Yeah. Let me ask, in your opinion, what makes a good doctor? It's not, not only, it's, you know, many factors together. It's not only the knowledge, but what the person is willing to do to help uh, uh, the patient. Um, their way to see things, their, you know, the way they can judge the patient. Um, every patient is different. Every day is different. You can have days where you'll see a patient yelling to you and you can see a patient the next day telling you how thankful he is for having you. I see. And that, that makes a huge difference, you know, having people who actually uh, were grateful of having a physician who cares about you. What's the greatest challenge for a doctor? Making the right call. Making the right call. Yeah. That can be life or death. Yep. Exactly. Even though they're not playing with the patient, right? They have to be extremely careful. Um, because we have we have cardiac arrest, we have patients with uh myocardial infarction, infections and sometimes you have to think fast but think the right way and sometimes that can lead you to making a wrong decision. Do you still have relationship with your stepfather? Yeah, he actually lives here. He came here. He came here. Um, I I mean, he raised me since I was nine months. Right. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's my dad. Wonderful. He's my dad. Does he know that his situation is what inspired you at 13 to pursue this? He's aware. He is aware. That must be very uh, inspiring to him. Mm -hmm. Do you have a particular school you want to... Well, studying? No, really. I just, I just need to get accepted in one, yeah. and so I can practice someone someday. So you take the test again, and this time you earn the the score you need. Mm. What would be the next step then in the process? Apply to the school. Apply to the school. Even though I'm already applying late, because applications in, applications in August are considered late. Okay. Which okay. already lower my chances of of uh, getting into medical school. Okay. Yeah. So. If you miss this chance, when would be the next chance for you to re-enroll? Then retake the exam. Retake. Like it spends a whole, almost a whole year studying and reapply next year. Just remember that your timing is perfect. It's so even though this might seem like it's a delay mm -hmm. in the process, it's going to help you propel yourself forward. Once you get into medical school, um, do you forecast having to sacrifice some of the things that you are doing now in terms of 
your work because it's going to take you a lot more time and energy to invest in something like that. So what, what will be sacrificed? I'll be sacrificing completely like my family time, which is unfortunate. Um, you will not be able. I won't be able to. To work. To work at all. Right. Because you're a full-time student. You spent a whole day actually in class. Right. Uh, for four years, uh, personally. Um, a big sacrifice. It's a big sacrifice, but you know, it's it's worth it and there is no going back at this point. So instead of sacrifice, it seems like it's an investment. It's an investment. The thing about investment, sometimes we expect the return to come faster than they really do. And we can get very impatient, we can second guess, and even scare ourselves to the point where we pull out what we initially invested because we fear that we may not recoup and receive the return we were longing for. Being able to manage that and persevere and understand that volatile times will come and volatile times will present themselves more often than you like when you are pursuing an investment similar to Omar's. As long as you learn from the details within those moments of volatility and you regroup upon understanding those lessons it provides you with the courage the know-how and the determination to push forward and remain in faith with ultimately what you're looking for and what you're looking to receive in the future For Omar, we saw how the obstacles have come along his way and prevented him from being where he wishes to be. But what's very inspirational in, in his story, outside of where he came from, the little avocado salesman, at such a young age in his little village on the outside of Havana, Cuba, to where he is, is the fact that in that success, he isn't where he wants to be. He isn't enrolling and being admitted into medical school at the moment he wishes. But he realizes that even though it's not in its present moment, that doesn't mean that he will not stop in trying to make it become a reality. And I have full faith that Omar will. So at the beginning of this episode, I mentioned a quote by Truman Capote. Now, I will close the episode with a quote that is from someone else. The quote said, One who conquers the sea today is ready to conquer the ocean tomorrow. That is from Matsona Daliwayo, a Canadian-African philosopher, philosopher, excuse me, and author. One who conquers the sea today 
is ready to conquer the ocean tomorrow. May we close this episode with such a quote and hopefully it inspires you to continue to invest in your future and maximize the resources around you to achieve your dreams. Farewell. Until next time.